Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Thoughts and prayers go out to everyone there in Wisconsin. Suspect who drove the red Ford. Ramming through everybody. Kids in the street laying down. And- Went to a parade but ended up dealing with heartache. The murder trial concerning the death of Ahmaud Arbery will resume. I'm not a racist person. I was just attacked. What's in the bill? What's not in the bill? Big government socialism. It's a disaster. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is November the 22nd, 1921. 1921. Woo! 2021. I was looking at the 1900s because uh, 1963, 58 years ago, John Kennedy was assassinated on this day. Texas Governor John Connolly was seriously wounded. Uh, it was about this time of day that uh, Lyndon Johnson would have been sworn in as the 36th president of the United States. Assassination, what, happened around lunchtime? Is that right? Or in the morning? Yeah, it was uh, It was probably late morning. Late morning, yeah. When it happened. Um, my partner wasn't even born yet. I, I was in the fourth grade. I do remember where I was. It's one of those moments, you know, do you remember where you were? Do you remember where you were when 9-11 took place? And uh, I was in the fourth grade, and I was told to, uh, about the time it happened, I was asked by the teacher to go down and get some books out of another room. I went and looked out the window, and I, I saw the flag was half-staff. And I remember thinking, I wonder why that's at half-staff. And it wasn't until we got out of school later that day that we found out that President Kennedy was uh, assassinated. So they did not tell the students? They didn't at our school, yeah. no. No, I think they Good thing. thought I mean, it was too upsetting. That's, um, you know, we've had 9-11, you know, a few years ago, and we've had some other events, but uh, I can't quite imagine what it would be like experiencing that Um as an as a nation, I mean that's that's uh, about as big as it gets. I think. Yeah. That, that that was the last president. Now we've had you know somebody took a shot at uh, Gerald Ford and missed, and of course Ronald Reagan was shot, but uh, that was the last uh, president that uh, lost his life at the hands of an assassin. Unfortunately, uh, last night up in uh, Wisconsin, uh, it was a uh, tragic mess and we'll talk about the uh, suspect they've arrested in a minute but here is the uh wakasaw police chief talking about the people who lost their lives and were injured this is from earlier today virginia Sorensen, 79 year old female leanna owens 71 year old female Tamara Durant, 52-year-old female. Jane Coolidge, 52-year-old female. Wilhelm Hospital, 81-year-old male. The suspect involved in this tragic incident is identified as Daryl E. Brooks, male 39 years of age, who is a resident of the city of Milwaukee. At this time, the Washtenaw Police Department is referring five counts of first-degree intentional homicide with additional uh, charges based on the investigation. But those will come in time. Again, that's the uh, Waukesha Police Chief Daniel Thompson. And uh, this this guy, Daryl Brooks, 39, uh, got a long rap sheet. Almost 50 pages. 
and uh, it, I, was it just last month? I think it, no, it was earlier <clears throat> this month, November fifth. Yeah, he was arrested weeks. as a uh, domestic abuser. Uh, in the case this month, a woman told police that Brooks purposely ran her over with his vehicle while she was walking through a gas station parking lot. Brooks posted a thousand dollars bond. So you try to run someone over on purpose and you get out on a thousand dollars bond. That's a big part of the problem. You were saying you had seen a headline. We tried to find it a little more detail, but that this, uh, yeah, the district attorney in the city that, uh, set his bond for that uh, event. I read earlier in the day was another one of the district attorneys that uh, George Soros George Soros funded. Uh, I couldn't find the article again, but it was from a reliable source. It wasn't just a fly-by-night source, but uh, I'll see if I can find it again. But he has funded um, just countless of uh, district attorney races across the country uh, un- under the cover of you know social injustice and, and justice reform and that type of thing. Uh, I think it's for other reasons, but um, anyway. In uh, 2020, Brooks was charged with two counts of being a felon in possession of firearm and recklessly endangering uh, safety through the use of a dangerous weapon. In February 2021, his bond was lowered to $500. He posted it weeks later. Um, anyway, he's got a long rap sheet. Um, his <laughs> He's trying to make it as a rapper under the name of Math Boy Fly. Um, what do you want to bet somewhere along the lines, the defense, I guess, you know, somebody will come in and try to act as his counsel and defend him. But what do you want to bet that the defense will somehow try to tie this to the, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse verdict that they'll come out and say, this guy was so outraged and so outraged Mm -hmm. and so upset by the Kyle Rittenhouse that he felt like he needed to go run over innocent people at a Christmas parade. Um, well, you know, uh, what's the name of this town again? Waukesaw. Waukesaw. It's just west of Milwaukee, and Kenosha is just south of yeah, it's, Milwaukee. it's probably less than 50 miles from Waukesaw to uh, less than an hour's drive. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, I, I, I'm sure these suburbs of, of – Wisconsin, I'm, I guess they're ready to get out of the news, but this is this is just something that yeah. when you see the video of um, of him going through the barricade, I, I just don't I don't see how you whatever he does after that, I don't see how you argue that it's not intentional. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, they'll try their best, but uh... I you know I got a feeling that um, I got a feeling you won't hear as much about this in the mainstream media after 24 hours just because it doesn't fit the narrative it doesn't fit some type of narrative now if it was a white guy that once posted a tweet or a facebook post about trump then it would be 24 7 until the trial date well you still hear about the 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 jerk that drove through the crowd up in uh, charlotte charlotte virginia yeah yeah because that happened to fit their narrative now i'm i'm not I'm not winking at what happened in Charlottesville was just as bad. Absolutely. But Trump didn't have anything yeah. to do with it. And. But this doesn't fit their narrative, so you're probably right. There is a uh, another story out on CNN today 
which, uh, you know, the theme of today's program is somewhat along the lines of our judicial system is unbelievably cripple. I mean, it's just un- unbelievably broken. And, and this is from CNN. A man pleaded guilty to rape and sexual assault of four teenage girls. He will avoid prison time after a New York state judge said time behind bars would be inappropriate. Christopher Belter, who is now 20, entered a plea deal in 2019 in which he agreed to plead guilty to attempted first-degree sexual abuse, third-degree rape, and two counts of second-degree sexual abuse, according to court documents. The charges stem from four separate, four separate incidents, 2017 and 2018, in Lewistown, New York, He and the victims were all under the age of 18 at the time. Belter was placed in an interim probation for two years with limits on his internet use to access pornography. He violated the terms of his probation. Judge Matthew Murphy was the judge, denied him youthful offender status and ruled he had to be sentenced as an adult. Last Tuesday, Judge Murphy issued the sentence of eight years of probation and ruled Belter must register as a sex offender, but said prison time would be inappropriate. I agonized. I'm not ashamed to say that I actually prayed over what is an appropriate sentence in this case because there was great pain, there was great harm. There were multiple crimes committed in the case, Judge Murphy said, according to CNN. It seems to me that a sentence that involves incarceration or partial incarceration is inappropriate, so I'm going to sentence you to probation. An order of protection was also issued on the first charge. The lighter-than-expected punishment for uh, Belter bears similarities to criticism lobbied against the sexual assault case of Brock Turner. He was that Stanford University student who was sentenced to six months in prison for raping an adult woman. Voters in Santa Clara County, California, later recalled the uh, judge, due to the outrage in the sentence, Judge Murphy is going to retire next month. So he doesn't really need to re- worry about that. Uh, Belter's attorney, Barry Covet, declined to comment. Prior to sentencing, Belter wrote a statement to the victims. Through treatment and reflection, I've come to a deep shame and regret my actions. None of you deserve to be in this situation. I hope each of you could close what uh, the wound I gashed. I know, though, that a scar will remain and will serve as a reminder of the evil of that night. It was nights, four different occasions. Mm -hmm. One of Belter's victims spoke about the incident in court hearing. The girl identified as M.M. was 16 in August of 2018 when Belter raped her and told her to to stop being such a baby, the court document states. She told the court she focused on a plant in the room as she cried during the attack. I wish I had a louder voice at the beginning of all this. Maybe I could have done more. The 16-year-old trusted a bit too much. The justice would be served. She worried that if she spoke up louder, she would get hurt even worse and hurt other people along the way. She just assumed that all rapists go to jail. She missed out on an opportunity to speak up that she wasn't aware of. Let the people do their job, she told the court. But today I'm older today that I am able to speak up for myself without interference, without people telling me what to say and what not to say. So I stand before you now not asking you to um, now asking you to not let this be the end, to not let this rapist walk away with two years probation and a clean slate. 
Steve Cohen, an attorney for one of Belter's victims, said his client was deeply disappointed in the sentence and vomited in the bathroom after she heard the sentence. The judge had the opportunity. The judge had the opportunity to put out the fire, but he chose to keep it burning. I didn't expect to be as emotional as I was, but I just broke down. Um, this is a miscarriage of justice. I mean, there's other victims in here. All four victims said basically the same thing. And I, I, I'm sorry. This wasn't rape at one time a capital punishment. Should be. Um, I think it was. And, and and these people are are being let out. They're being. I mean, I'm sorry. Probation is letting somebody out, and the guy's was already on probation and broke his probation, and then he comes back and says. And look, the other thing is, everybody's so worried, well, can we rehabilitate this person? Part of it is punishment. That's why they call it punishment. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I believe in redemption. Um, I do too, but, but I also but believe in punishment. I believe in punishment as well, and punishment should come before the redemption. And yeah. redemption is not just granted, just, just you, know, you, have to, uh, you have to repent to deserve redemption. And this judge says, well, I prayed about it. I, I mean, and, and he almost is embarrassed the way he said it. He said, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I actually prayed about it. Per, a judge, maybe you should have read the scriptures instead of just praying about it. Uh, go to Ecclesiastes 8.11. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of mankind among them are fully given to do evil. And this is, that, I mean, sorry, that is prophetic. That's exactly what we see happening. We see this guy up in Waukesall run down people after he was basically let out. We see this young man, still a young man, but look, I'm sorry. He, he, if, if he's going to go out and rape and assault women four different times, and you're going to say, well, maybe probation is the appropriate thing. Look, I am sorry. This, this judge has got... Oh, some well, explaining to do. Well, you know the case—the case in Wisconsin right now. The guy was, like I said, ten days ago, was let out on such on a low bail. And this again, uh, you know, this is this is some of the progressive push all across the country of making bails very, very low to no bail. What in New York? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of no mm-hmm. bail situations, and you know they they relate it to the fact that <clears throat> from a social justice or unjust perspective, that you know. A, a black person should you know should not uh, should not have the same um, bail because they can't afford it. I mean they've used that. I've heard it many a time. But, well, he, but here's the other point to, to that: then make the bail appropriate. If you've got a millionaire, exactly. if a, a millionaire's son comes in there, you know, put the bail at, at two hundred thousand dollars. If it's somebody that's on welfare, put the bail at ten thousand dollars. And and you know, I, I think bail should be different on as it relates to uh, injury and damage to property. I've experienced that personally this weekend. But but when you when you harm a person, <laughs> to me that's a completely different story. Bail that's a that's a completely different category, as you say. That bail should be pretty darn high. Yeah. Particularly if it's a crime that's a violent crime like getting run over by a car at a gas yeah. station and, yeah. and you're going to be out in a thousand dollars bail and, and she she he hit that woman as well i think um i i just i don't know yeah it's, he did he did i mean i've got i've got a theory on it i got a theory on why uh the progressive pushed this low bail i, I think they just want chaos i just want yeah. they think yeah. they want the system to be broken exactly they so want they can violence in the, the streets yep. Yep. and it's um 
Oh, they're going to get violence in the streets. I mean, I mean I'm, that, that's not a threat. I, that's just a, an easy prediction that if you continue to do what you're doing, you are going to get violence in the street. But uh, you've already begun to see the pushback. And uh, politically speaking, the, the the Democratic Party is committing suicide. But uh, and, and I guess they're just trying to scorched earth as they go down. They're just trying to take everybody with them as they go down, thinking that somehow this is going to be a success. Well, well at its fundamental core responsibility, whether it's federal, state, or local, and particularly federal, the core responsibility of government is the protection, security of its yeah. people. I mean, you can you can throw all the other stuff out the window, which there's noble causes that governments get behind, but protecting the individual rights of people, and that includes security, is number one. And what happens when that's gone? Believe it or not, and I'm not a Bill Maher fan, but believe it or not, over the weekend, Bill Maher hit it out of the park. Now, he said some other things in, in his little monologue. <laughs> and dropped a few F-bombs, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, which I've tried to – I think I've edited them all down. I'll get ready for the dump button, Clark. But believe it or not, Bill Maher said it like it was. In 2008, Republicans only won four Virginia counties by more than 70%. This month, in the governor's election there, they did it in 45 counties. And this is what a lot of Democrats were told was the reason for that. Glenn Youngkin's win proves white ignorance is a powerful weapon. Racism still works in Virginia. It's not the messaging, folks. This country simply still loves white supremacy. Well, I haven't worked up an official Democratic campaign slogan for 2024 yet, but I tell you what I have ruled out is vote Democrat because white people suck. That's... It's... You're alienating a whole lot of people, particularly whites without a college degree, which is most of them in a country that's still 70% white. I'd say do the math, but math is a form of white supremacy. Yes, I know. I know every fiber of your being tells you the people you really want to reach are Guatemalan teenagers and bloggers in Gaza, but they can't vote. To a lot of folks in America, you come across as the cares about everybody but me party. You know, what's interesting about that. I mean, he went on. I mean, the whole thing was about eight minutes long. That was just a small segment of it. But what's interesting about it, if, if you were to go see Bill Maher in person, you would either be brain dead or a liberal. I mean, I cannot see a conservative going in to see Bill Maher live in studio. I, I couldn't. I couldn't in live because I probably just couldn't take the, you know, the clapping seals in the audience. Everything he said, something bad about conservatives. But the clapping seals were applauding what he was saying about liberals. Yeah, uh, which is rather surprising. You know, even James Carville, the guy that uh, was the architect of Bill Clinton's presidential wins. You know, he, he just he's come out and he's had a few adjectives to what he said as well. But, you know, he said, why are Democrats focusing on dumb issues that only speak to the elite like college debt forgiveness? He said, nobody wants to hear it. I mean, they, they, they are so far to the left. They have lost their ever loving minds. Well, they can't win on arguments. They um, they just can't. So, they're, so they, they try everything. to categorize and separate yep. people by single issue 
voters and make them single-issue voters and make sure they get those single-issue voters to absolutely hate anyone that doesn't agree with their one issue. Yeah. But, you know, what I said a couple of years ago when Hillary Clinton was going after these minority groups, I said then, I said, Hillary, you're not going to win it. You can take you can take a half dozen minority groups and count out of them, but they, they, they don't add up to enough votes. Of course, if you steal an election, maybe that's a whole different story. Hey, we've got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Stay with us. News and Views for a Monday. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in November 22nd, 2021. As we said at the top of the program, 58 years ago today, President Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Rodney Dangerfield, master of the Triple Lindy. <laughs> That's old school, movie old school, I believe. Is that right? What, was yeah. it? Was it? Uh, he's listed on here, but doesn't. Say, uh, I, was he? Did he pass away on this day, or did, was he born on this day? Today would have been his birthday. He oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, happy birthday to Rodney Danger. He, he was getting respect. He didn't he, get any respect. He was funny. <laughs> uh, take a look at your weather forecast tonight. Partly cloudy, cold, low around thirty-two. Although that might feel balmy as compared to tomorrow night when the low gets around to twenty-seven. Tomorrow, sunshine comes back out, but the high is only 47, and you're going to have wind gusts as high as 22 miles an hour. Wednesday, sunshine with a high near 51. Thanksgiving Day, pretty nice, mostly sunny with a high near 60. So uh, all in all, it looks like the weekend coming up, at least uh, Thursday and Friday, look pretty good. Friday for the ball game with Cincinnati. Mostly sunny, high near 55. So perfect uh, weather for... Uh, that was a big win for the Pirates this week. It was a big win. And uh, kudos to... Uh, what's the young kid's name? Um, Owen... Owen... Dapper? Uh, Dapper, yeah. The, I think uh, that's right. 55. Uh, Owen Dapper from... Dapper? Wi- from Wilmington. I think Wilmington, he went to yeah. New Hanover High School. Yeah. A 55-yard field goal. That kid was... I mean, that kid's got a career. And, you know, he's he's a walk-on with no scholarship. I think he's got one for next well, year. Well, he got one Saturday night. Uh, Mike Houston announced in the oh, locker room. Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that night? That night. Oh, okay. He announced in the locker room, gave him the game ball. I'm late on that one, but uh, yeah, good for good for that young but man. But that, that ball was good from 60 yards. I mean, it oh, was... Oh, yeah. It, was, it, 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 it cleared it by... I mean, it, it it was close. It was maybe five, ten feet above the... Uh, yeah, I was, above the bar. I was watching it with my boys, and I was like, I don't think they should kick a field goal here. I mean, guys, as long as one's 39 yards, he gets blocked, they return it for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as he – That's it, why Mike Houston is the coach, and we're not. Well, as soon as the ball got up in the air, I said, that's good. I mean, I just – it was, yeah, it was yeah. like a – it was it almost was, like a perfect drive. When you hit it, you know it's good. Yeah, it was crisp. Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Looking for Christmas gifts? We'll consider a gift certificate to Ironwood or a gift certificate for golf lessons with John LaMonica. Give him a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country That's a perfect club. segue, too, from football to golf. There you go. <laughs> and and you did it. Just, yeah. Just like a drive. Unint- unintentionally. Right. But. There you go. Um, you know, we had that story uh, from CNN a few minutes before we took the break uh, with the uh, 
young man who uh, is, is a rapist and is getting off. Newsmax is reporting today that CNN is going to be sold to a billionaire by the name of John Malone, and uh, th- th- he's going to be the big stockholder in Warner Media and Discovery. Um, it's going to be the new entity will be called Warner Brothers Discovery. I guess they'll own the Discovery Channel and Warner Brothers. And uh, this guy was a longtime chairman of, of Liberty Media. And CNN is a part of the deal. So many people thought, well, they'll spin off CNN. Uh, John Malone says, no, I don't think so. He said that what they want to do is actually make CNN a true news outlet. <laughs> and uh, he acknowledged that, you know what, CNN doesn't have any journalists. Mm-hmm. And we need to get some journalists there. I, wow. I don't know how conservative this guy is, but this guy, and, and I mean, how long have we been saying, how can you be so, if you want to make money, CNN is look at CNN and do the opposite because CNN is just hemorrhaging. Uh, they have no viewers. I, I don't know. How, I don't know why anybody would advertise with them, but um, well, if his goal is, is just clearly to be an objective news organization, heads will roll. Oh, big time! <laughs> and, you think? And I would. I would hate to tell someone what I would pay for a ticket to go watch Brian, oh, yeah. Brian Stelter clean his office out. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would pay like crazy. Well, you know, money if for they it. want to get the ratings up, <laughs> they need to videotape each one of those guys and gals getting fired one at a time. I'd watch it. Oh, yeah, it'd be a subscription service. Yeah, like thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, or just watch Brian Selter get, get canned. <laughs> Pay-per-view event like boxing. Look, Brian Selter, I mean, I was going to say, they need to get their resume ready. Brian Selter couldn't get a job anywhere else. I, I don't know how. He, he must have barnyard photos of the people that own CNN. Some goats are involved, I bet. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I know that's crude, but I, you, you, if you ever watch CNN, this guy is a – I'm being catty here, but he's, he's not – He's not – I mean, not only is he a liberal, but he just doesn't do his job well. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's even bad at being being a, a, a liberal. Know, liberal spin doctor. <laughs> no. Not good. Not good. Now, again, the theme of today's program is uh, how our judicial system is uh, in the tank. Another story out, and this one, again, is out of New York. Uh, Newsmax is reporting a legislative investigation released earlier today has found overwhelming evidence that former Governor Andrew Cuomo did sexually harass women and that he ordered state workers to help produce his book on the pandemic leadership during his work hours. Now, isn't that interesting? He writes a book, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons on the Pandemic, and the book was being written illegally by staff that was being paid by taxpayers and they have all kinds of testimony now there was a law firm that was hired by the new york assembly's judiciary committee they've gone out and done all kinds of investigations and interviews and time after time after time when it is related to this book there was all kinds of people on the governor's staff that were told and they weren't volunteering for this you will do this as a part of your job. Mm. And that was editing, 
transcri- uh, typing up, uh, you know, uh, audio trans- uh, transcriptions, transcriptions, and uh, meeting with publishers, all kinds of stuff. And the irony is leadership lessons on the pandemic. Screw the taxpayer and abuse your staff. That's the leadership lessons that uh, will come out of this at the end of the day, come out of this book. Uh, it is unbelievable. The good news is that it looks like he's been caught. He's been caught groping women and uh, basically lying about his leadership ability. Uh, now, he has said, the governor has said that uh, he looks at this investigation and uh, they're they're just wrong. It's a witch hunt. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> the... Um, but also, Cuomo is, while he said early on that he would cooperate, apparently he hasn't cooperated at all. The, 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 it, this is the trifecta. So it was the book, the sexual abuse, but the other aspect that they're getting him on was uh, the lies that took place on the nursing home scandal. Because remember, he basically falsified reports well he has he has falsified reports Mm -hmm. they've lowered the numbers but he was the the first governor now the new jersey governor murphy did the same thing but he said that nursing homes had to take these covid uh patients and there was all kinds of elderly people that lost their lives unnecessarily unnecessarily yeah i I mean why is that not held up as a – I mean, is, are we just going to say, oh, that was a – gee, that was a mistake? <laughs> well, Governor Andy, before last week, I mean, has been very, very silent. He hadn't breathed a word until, for whatever reason, he thought he was uh, entitled to tweet about the Rittenhouse verdict. I, I can't remember what he said, but basically, you know, yeah. said something with problems with our justice typical, system. Typical liberal comment. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, if I was representing him, I would like – can you just shut up talking about the justice system since you are now under investigation for multiple things? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to take another time out. Lots more to talk about. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So uh, the formerly large Jerry Nadler <laughs> Nadler, is uh, now demanding a federal review of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, claiming Friday that the acquittal of the 18-year-old amounted to a miscarriage of justice. Nadler is chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, called on the Department of Justice to intervene over the heartbreaking verdict. You know, it's you you don't like the verdict and so you demand a, a redo I, I didn't know that's how our country worked uh well i don't you know i don't want uh i really don't anyone at the national level responding to you know to a, a court case it certainly shouldn't be responding or making any comments while the trial is going on but even afterwards you know you, you want people to trust in our, in our justice system and our rule of law and you know, we have a country where we don't have mob rule. I mean, maybe the mob thought Kyle Rittenhouse should be uh, guilty just because you've got crazy liberal media outlets, you know, just putting a lot of misinformation out there. But that's not the way the law works. But I think they want mob rule. 
What they, they, they this do. is exactly what they want. They want to federalize everything. They want Washington D.C. to make all the decisions. They don't, and you know, I, I think this is one of the reasons why George Soros is trying to get all these liberals elected so that they would basically hand over their authority to the liberal agenda with the ultimate goal of having everything federalized, that everything will be decided from Washington, D.C., and uh, if it doesn't fall in line with their desires, their goals, their ideology, they will simply overrule and say, uh, no, these imbeciles... Now, I mean, you know, they're probably disappointed that this is a northern, midwestern city... I mean, you know, if, if it was, you know, somewhere down near Huntsville, Alabama or somewhere like a Muscle Shoals, Alabama or something, boy, they could have a heyday with that mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, they would immediately stereotype every everyone as, as they want to stereotype that, you know, these ignorant Southerners, they can't do anything right. But Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how this case affects, you know, because Wisconsin is is an important state in the presidential oh, election. Yeah. It's, it's generally oh, yeah. a swing state. It's or pretty much a bellwether state. And you know, some some think that uh, Joe Biden didn't win Wisconsin last election. Yep. Uh, but it was mighty mighty close. But at the end of the day, the people from Wisconsin, I mean, they're not blind. They can see what was occurring in that town, and the videotape doesn't lie. So I don't know. This this might swing in another direction. You know, it's interesting, though, even over the weekend. Now, now we know that, you know, going up to the trial and through the trial, we had all kinds of people on the left in the mainstream media and, for that matter, other Washingtonians lying about what was going on. But even after the trial, they're still lying. CBS faced the nation just yesterday. Reporter Mark Strassman falsely said, Rittenhouse drove in from Illinois, armed for battle, on CNN's prom, uh, Cuomo primetime on Friday. Harvard University professor Cornell William Brooks falsely said Rittenhouse was carrying an AK-47, which he wasn't. The Independent falsely reported late last week that Rittenhouse shot three black men, which he didn't. Um, it, it just goes on and on and on, and they're they're not giving up on the narrative. Uh, Senator Patrick Mal- uh, Maloney from New York, chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, claimed that the the, the original um, uh, guy Blake, Jacob Blake, who, uh, Jacob yeah. Blake, who police shot when he started coming after police with a knife in his hand, Maloney claimed that a the Jacob Blake had died, which he hadn't. <laughs> Um, Maloney um, also basically came out and uh, along with saying he died, that he was unarmed, which was also a false narrative. Um, This article out of the Epic Times covering all this was talking to a guy named Jeffrey uh, Belvins, who is a professor at University of Cincinnati's Department of Journalism, and uh, just talking about how all these false narratives are going on. And, you know, he, he basically comes out and, and says a, a bunch of different things that I, I found interesting and, you know, how these false narratives are, are echoed and repeated. And then somebody else says, well, I heard so, so-and-so say it, so therefore it must be true. And, you know, he points out that when you have these higher-ups making these false statements, other people run with it. And he said it's especially dangerous 
when these misstatements are made by like a politician like this out of Washington, D.C. And I agree with a lot of things that this guy, Belvin, said. Uh, and, you know, part, one of the things he infers is, is just laziness and sloppiness. That's the reason behind some of these false narratives. <laughs> you know, I, I um, and, and that might be, laziness might be why, why it is echoed, why other people pick up and run with it because they don't want to investigate it for themselves. But, it, you know, I don't think it's sloppiness as much as I think it's a deliberate attempt to vilify the innocent while exonerating the guilty to, you know, further the overall false narrative that's out there that the United States is at, at its core is racist. It's a corrupt system that needs to be torn down and rebuilt as a socialist communist government from what you were saying earlier. Let's let's introduce anarchy so we can introduce a socialist communist form of government where the government is in control of everything. Washington DC is in control of everything and uh, United States and your freedoms as you have known them growing up will dissipate. Disappear. Well, to the professor's point there um, in the news media and then just people in general, I- I've said for years, I mean, I'll, it's, I mean, I think I'm pretty original when I said this, <laughs> you know, you, you basically this day and age, you've got to be lazy, stupid, or willfully ignorant not to, be, to see what's going on. And there's very few truly stupid people in the world. And now— I, I, don't, I might disagree with that, but go well, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of them that are intentionally stupid, but um, but le- you don't have to be really lazy now. I mean, it takes an incredible yes. credible effort, and I'm actually truly impressed— with the level of your willful ignorance this day and age. I mean, because yeah. it, it's truly impressive for you to be that yeah. intentionally You've got to work at it. I mean, you got to work at yeah. it. Yeah. Where before you used to have to work for information, now it's just too easy. It's just too easy to get the facts. Yep. And 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 I'll, I'll indict some people on the right as well. There's some people on the right that run with things that, that even when I first hear them, I say, ah, I, I don't think that's right. And again, yeah. just a little bit of research, you see it's not right. And it doesn't take a lot. I mean, I've been doing this program about 12 years now, and I, I, there have been times that I've made errors, and I try to come back and apologize and correct them. But they haven't been a lot over 12 years because if you investigate and you double-check and you go and verify, you see something on a – a website that you say, hmm, okay, let me question, let me, let me see if I can go verify that somewhere else with a, another site that's got a little bit more credibility. And if I can't, I don't. And, you know, I, I don't present it. But uh, Yeah, I've only been doing it, what, a year and a half, and I thought I was wrong on something one time, but I was mistaken. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> News and views. Hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. washed his hands so many times he can now see the answers to his tests from high school. Uh, those aren't the right answers. And you never know what to expect with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Tom, Betty, and Clark back with you. So inflation is, what, 6.5%, the highest in 30 years? Yeah, but you don't count fuel and food prices, which is always <laughs> ridiculous to me. But I mean, anyway. Fuel- it's a hundred. Is I mean, it's gone from what two dollars and eleven cents a year ago to three fifty now. Something yeah, like that. National average. I, I've never understood. That. I mean, I can understand fuel and those those type commodities because they are they can ha- have some dramatic swings. But for food prices not yeah. to be in inflation, kind of a fundamental yeah, bingo. inflationary well, thing I, that I, matters to everybody. Well, I, and I energy. You got to heat your house. 
This is what Joe Biden said, though. This is the concern that he that the Fed has. Cut to. We have to make sure our financial system can withstand climate change and is prepared to transition to clean energy. The Fed must be a leader among central banks globally in addressing climate-related financial risks. <laughs> I'm not making it up! I mean, right out of the horse's, ma- the horse's mouth, and not his rear end. The, um, he talks out of it a lot. Come on, man! So that was just today. The concern, inflation is the worst it's been in 30 years. And what is he worried about? Climate change. This is exactly what Bill Moore is talking about. These guys don't have a clue. Do you think the average person that has to worry about whether or not he has enough food on his table and and be able to heat his house too, do you think he's worried about climate change? Yeah, and the, and the people in Washington, particularly Joe Biden, that's a, what, 50-plus career on the government, teat somewhere, um, I mean, they don't care. It's not going to affect them. It's not going to affect. It's not going to affect the global elites, the the nope. the oligarchies in the the corporate world, and that type of thing. Um, and they want to hire eighty five thousand more IRS agents. And by the way, it, if you think you're exempt, estimates are that I think it was twenty five percent of the audits that will take place with these eighty five thousand new IRS agents will be against people that are making $25,000 or less. Well, you can look at that two, two ways. I mean, maybe the number should be, you know, 100 times that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. but Yeah, but, that, uh, but the hassle of going through something like that, for uh, it's, it's well, it's, mind-boggling. Well, it, it's doubtful they'll use common sense because they rarely do, but hopefully they'll use some discretion that, you know, if, if – <laughs> If a guy's income or a girl's income's twenty five thousand dollars or less, uh, you know, and they just they have you know two jobs working two job or a job or something, there's no sense in auditing them. But if it's someone that's got some other issues going on, I mean, I can see that. But so he's going to renominate Jerome Powell to lead the Federal Reserve, and he wants Jerome Powell's chief concern to be climate change. At the same time. His nominee to be the Treasury Department Comptroller is uh, Soleil uh, Mararova, is her name. She's the commie. Kremlin girl, yeah. Yeah, Kremlin girl. And uh, she's the one that's calling for oil and gas industries to go bankrupt. And nationalize the banks. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This, this, folks, this, this is bad. This is bad. And uh, you better hope and pray that we can survive till the Republicans can conservatives can take over in uh, 2022. Keep it keep it in your prayers. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you at five. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.